Welcome. We are live at... All right, we're not live. But we are on the porch of encouragement. It's raining out, but we're dry, and we have an awesome episode of Ask, so stay tuned. All right, welcome. We're on location. This is Ask. This is where you ask questions, and we answer them as best we can. Um, you submit those by going to our website, cornerstonebv.org, and you can uh, just click on Ask from the media page, and it's a drop-down window. You put in the question, you hit Submit. It's easy as that. You don't even have to leave your name. And we definitely need some questions, so if there's been some you've been waiting to uh, ask, throw them out there. We'll get them in the, in the coming weeks, and uh, you can ask anything, Bible, faith, life. Um, always get some good questions, and we have three good ones uh, today. The first one, it says, I understand that the Seder, and that's all, really could also be the Passover supper that the Jews celebrate, uh, and the Last Supper are very different. Are, they any, are there any symbolic similarities? Um, they, they're very different, but they're also very similar. So let me just back up a step. So the, the Passover supper, the Seder supper, uh, is celebrated by the Jews to commemorate or remember God's rescue um, of them, saving them from slavery in Egypt. And so all of the elements of the Passover meal have a uh, symbolic, like tons of different symbols, all representing, you know, the bitter herbs, the bitterness of what slavery was like, and and, and the, the lamb, you know, they have commemorating the lamb's blood that, that, that was the Passover lamb, um, the reason God rescued them in the 10th plague, right? And you just have all kinds of different symbols. And so Jesus at the Passover, because he's Jewish, right? He comes from the family of Abraham. People get confused by that sometimes. And, and all of his disciples were Jewish. So they celebrate the Passover meal the night before Jesus went to the cross. And so he, in the Passover, reinterprets it or introduces now the Lord's Supper. Um, so he takes the elements or some of the elements of the Passover meal and he and he has us now as Christians to uh, now commemorate the death on the cross which in the resurrection which is Jesus rescuing us from our sin. So no longer do we commemorate rescue from slavery but now it's rescue from sin and no longer a physical promised land, but now the promised land of eternity in heaven with God. Um, so what are the similarities? Well, you have the bread, uh, which of course represents the body that Jesus was given us. He took the bread that used to symbolize something else for the Passover meal, now symbolizes the, the, the body of Jesus Christ giving it himself up for us. The, the cup of wine that he took was probably the, that he, that he um, used was probably the cup of redemption, a third of fourth four uh, cups of wine that they drink at the Passover meal. And that cup uh, was, he said, this is my blood. So he's symbolically saying, drink this as a faith that my blood that will be shed for you on the cross, again, redeemed you from your sin and, and, give, and gives you new life. And so, uh, and, and there's, so, so now there is a lot of similarities. Maybe not how we do it and go about doing it. Um, maybe we're a little bit too quick about it. There's some would say that, that we actually should spend a little bit more time because it really is picturing beautifully that rescue that God rescued us from, just like the Passover meal uh, pictured it for the Jews. Because he, God told them to celebrate the Passover um, because he knew they'd forget. You're going to forget that I'm God. You're going to forget how powerful I am. You're going to forget how miserable you were without me and, and what I did. So you keep reminding yourselves. And surely there were a lot of big, large periods of Jewish uh, history where they did forget and stop because they stopped celebrating the Passover meal. Um, and so the same goes for Jesus commanding us to remember him. And so we take the Lord's Supper and we remember what he did. And we keep the main thing, the main thing. 
right? Great question. Uh, this second one says, I keep going back to the same sin and I hate it. What do you suggest I do to combat this? Um, this is a story that I hear a lot um, and um, have even, of course, experienced it myself. <clears throat> and that is the struggles that we have. And it might be different. A lot of us experience the same uh, sinful temptations, but, but we're all different as well. And so uh, when we're in this spot where we just keep going back to it, we keep going back to it, and we feel like it's still got a hold on us, a chain, right, holding on to us. Uh, the first I would just simply ask you, are you truly saved in Christ? And, and, and before you say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, that you really think about it. Because if you're trying to put the cart before the horse, and all that means is you're trying to behave as a Christian without actually being in Christ, it's never going to work. You're going to be exhausted. Because what happens when you repent of your sin and you put your faith in Christ, you say, Jesus, save me. The Bible says a lot of things happen there spiritually. You're now free from the chains of sin and death. You are now given the power to live differently. You're given a new purpose. You are sealed for eternity. You're redeemed. You're given the Holy Spirit. Right? All of these things are now true. And so if you are playing at those things and now you want to stop sinning, it's never going to work. You'll stop for a time. You'll always go back to it because you're still chained to it. So the first question is, have I really laid my yes of faith down before Christ? Okay. If that's you, and if you have, which I assume you probably have, but it's always the first question, is am I consistently in his word? I find that when myself or anyone I'm counseling or talking to um, keeps going back to these sins, they're not in the word. They're just, they, they once were, or they've just gotten away. When you ask them, are you reading your Bible regularly? Are you actually taking time to read, reflect, maybe read, keep a journal, learn how to read the Bible? Um, and, and the answer is almost always no. They're never like, yeah, I'm reading the Bible every day, but I just keep sinning. It's always those two things go hand in hand because it's powerful, it's alive, it's active. You need God's truth to continue to saturate your mind and life with it. Um, and so get help with that if you need to. Number three, are you in community? Um, Christian community. Usually when we're going back to sin, we're... we're that you know that when, when you see the nature shows and the, the zebras are in a pack and that one zebra just kind of forgets to stay with the pack or is injured or not doing well and by itself that's the one that gets destroyed right that's you and me when we're not in community we can easily pretend we're doing okay we're fine I'm just eating grass here no problem and then wham right but when you're in community when I say that I mean yeah going to church but I also mean you have Christian friends maybe in a small group or in some type of uh, ministry group, people that know you, right? And they're praying for you, and they and and they're just just being with them. You're encouraging each other. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. Number four, do you take take that up a notch? Do you have a trusted person who really knows you? You might go to a small group and they know some of your struggles, but you need someone who really knows that that embarrassing thing you don't want to admit to anyone else, because they can really be praying for that and they can be checking up with you. How are you doing with that? The more accountability you have, the, the, the more likely you are to not go back to that same sin. Now, can it still happen? It can. So you repent, you get forgiven. Don't say, forget it. I'm a loser. I may as well not do it. You can give up. Just say, God, I did it again. Forgive me. I know I'm forgiven in Christ. 
give me the power and the strength to do this. And whatever, you get back in his word, get back in the community, jump back in and start walking the way he wants you to. Okay, uh, last one. Kind of a quick one, but I think it's a really good one. People ask me this kind of a lot. Um, it says, if you had to tell someone that they could only start reading the Bible with one book or chapter, which would it be? Um, so this, first of all, it didn't ask this, but if someone said if, if you could only read one, um, like you're on a deserted island or something like that, it's a little bit different, and I don't think that's what they're asking. They're just kind of saying where you would start. But let me answer that anyway, because that's... A, a little bit harder of a question because I love so many of the books and chapters in Scripture, as we should. Um, but I would, if you only had one, I would probably start with the Gospel of John um, because it really brings out who Jesus is, and that's what you would need to know the most and be reminded of the most, um, that he is the Son of God and that he is who he claimed to be and what the implications of that are for us. Um, if you had a second one, and your deserted island, go with Romans, because that would just, Paul lays out the case for we're sinners, we were, now who we are in Christ, right? Um, and, and there's just so much, it would be such a good book to have. But I think the question is saying, hey, have your Bible, this is where you should start. There's a lot of places you can start, but what I usually tell people um, is to maybe start with the, with the book of Luke, and then follow that up with the book of Acts. And the reason for that is the same author. So they're, they're two parts, so it's like seeing, you know, you know, one part of your favorite movie and then seeing the second part, it just kind of culminates it. So if you've never read the Bible before, you've never really been a Christian, this just gives you from the birth of Christ, right, all the way to the birth of the church and how the church began to spread. It gives you that whole layout and then you can go on to some other books and you have that context when you're reading other things, certainly in the New Testament. So I would start with Luke and, and go with Acts, but there's lots of Bible reading plans, and I don't think you're wrong for whichever one that you think is right for you. All right, this has been Ask. Make sure you ask your questions. Just go to cornerstonebv.org, media page, drop down. You, you know how to do it by now. Give us your questions. We need them. Hopefully we'll see you this weekend. God bless.